Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to uh, cover a lot of stuff, as we always do on Monday, that went on over the weekend. And I'm going to first kick off with what I did over the weekend. We're going to talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, which, you know what? The more I hear this guy talk and the more I hear about his policies, the more I like him, period. The fact that he is not ahead of DeSantis and all the polls wildly is uh, simply a matter of money and campaign. I mean, DeSantis was the chosen one that the Republicans wanted and, and the Democrats, for that matter, wanted to dispose of Trump in the primary. That's obviously not going to happen. I think even if Trump is in prison, that uh, he could still win the the primary. But none of that's going to happen before the election. At any rate, we're going to talk about Devin Archer, of course, because he gave testimony closed doors today. So what we're hearing now is going to be secondhand. Hopefully they will release the transcript at some point where we can go through that and see what was actually said. Right now, everything that's coming out and what we're hearing are things that were people that were privy to it or people that asked questions of others after the fact heard in there. But the fact is, is Joe Biden talked with Hunter's business partners, either in person or on the phone, dozens of times. This was not a one-time thing. It wasn't, as he's been saying, I've never spoken to my son, Hunter, or any of my family members about business. BS, you have. And he's get, they're getting caught in their lie. They're getting caught in their trap. I think this is the Democrats out to get rid of Joe Biden so they don't have to... Uh, so they don't have to have him run in 2024. I'd be very surprised if he actually ends up being the one running in 2024. I think they're going to um, come up with another candidate. I mean, they need to. They need to. We'll take a look at um, the, you know, the trans thing, man. It's just kind of, I, I kind of need to touch on that a little bit because more and more comes out about it all the time. Elon Musk is making news with new signs on his ex-headquarters, formerly Twitter. The bluebird is gone. It flew away. People are whining. They're screaming, oh, the bluebird was so cute. The bluebird was crap. Come on. It was pansy. It was liberal. It was total crap. Everybody knows that. Oh, anyway. I think X is much more bold. It's much more Elon. And so does he. And really, what he wants for the company that he owns is all that really matters, right? So this weekend, I spent, I did some time. I went to a local event, Summer Freedom Fest here in Washington State. It's where, I, where I'm from, been here my entire life. Don't know if I will finish my life here, but I do, I, I have spent, my roots are here, okay? My roots are here. So went out to Summer Freedom Fest. It was the first of its kind uh, this year. And what it was, was uh, local talk radio, KVI, uh, Brandy Cruz's podcast was in on it. Let's Go Washington was in on it. Um, and and they they put, this event together, and it was great. They had vendor booths for all the initiatives. There were six initiatives where people could sign in Washington State to overturn some of the radical agenda that the Democrats put through in this legislative session. There were five or six speakers that were great. Man, we heard from, excuse me, we heard from Jim Walsh, who's running for the Republican chair here in Washington State, and I hope he gets it. Okay, we heard from Semi Bird, candidate for governor. We heard from Dave Reichard, candidate for governor. By the way, I, I, you know, Semi Bird here in Washington, if, you, if you're listening to me and you're from Washington, I got to say right now that he has energy, he has a vibrance, he has a, a, a way to communicate and connect with people that not a lot of people have. And, and I really like his platform. I like where he's coming from. I like the way it's spelled out. Dave Riker just strikes me, and I don't know the guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. I did not get a chance to meet him. I, I met several of the other people John Carlson was there from KVI. That was great too. Uh, Jonathan Cho, who's a, a journalist around the area that does on-site stuff for the homeless, covers that very well. Antifa, protests, riots, puts himself in harm's way. But at any rate, I'm sure Dave Reichert's a great guy, but man, he's 73 years old. He's he's given a life of service, yes. He's been a sheriff. He's been a congressperson for six terms and retired from that. And now... He wants to run for governor of Washington. And I just, you know, God bless you, you know, and, I, and thank you for your service. But I think the last thing that we need right now politically, right now, my mind could change. But right now in Washington State, the last thing we need politically is someone who has flat out said he's going to capitulate with the left and give in to some of their things just to get things done because that's how politics are. 
And I don't want that. We live in one of the most liberal states in the country. I don't want it to continue. I don't want it to get worse. I want it to get rebutted. I want someone in there who's going to tell the left and the radical commie, extreme commie Democrats in this state to go pound sand. And, and I don't know that Dave Reichard will do that. I know that Sammy Bird will. So I, I will take attitude and charisma and presence and purpose above experience um, in a lot of cases. And in this case, I do. For now. Again, my mind could change. I'd love to have Dave on the show. I've had Sammy Bird on the show. I'd love to have Dave on here too if he wants to come on. I'd, 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 uh, I've reached out to him. Haven't gotten a response. I've, I've been trying to get him on to give equal time to both Sammy Bird and Dave Reichard. And unfortunately, he hasn't gotten back to me. Maybe he will. Anyway, getting on, I want to start off the show here as we dive into, that, that's my local recap. Oh, and I was really disappointed because there was a lot of dogs at this event. There's probably 1,500 people there. It was great. There was live music from a band called Common Ground. A friend of mine's in, uh, Stephen Thiele. It was great. Um, I was disappointed because there was a lot of dogs there, and I didn't know that you could bring dogs. I would have brought my dogs, and, and unfortunately, I didn't. I was not covering the event. I was just a spectator, and that was kind of fun, too. By the way, for those of you who came up and said hi, who, who recognized me and, and appreciated my show and told me you watched it and, and all of that, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Love you very much. I'm sure you're out there listening right now. So thank you again. We're going to start off today with some good news. High school boys are training conservative. Yes, political identities of 12th grade boys. Percentage identifying as liberal or conservative. You can see that those who identify as conservative is around 23%. And those as liberal is about 10 points lower at 13%. So there is hope, people. There is hope among our youth. There is hope amongst, even in our school district. And speaking of school districts, going into Washington State, like I said, where I'm from, private school enrollment jumps. This is huge. And this is not happening just in Washington State. This is a phenomenon that's happening across the country. Private school enrollment jumps 25% in Washington as exodus from public school continues. Washington private schools saw a 25% jump in enrollment over the last three years. And homeschooling saw a 42% increase as public school enrollment continued to fall. According to the State Board of Education, in 2019 and 20, there were 65,000 students enrolled in K-12 private schools in the state. By 2022-23, that number had spiked to 81,437. That is a massive increase. Massive. Additionally, the number of students that are homeschooled also increased from 20,800 in 2019-20 to 29,000. I mean, that's like almost a 30% increase in kids who are homeschooled in just, a, in just a few years. According to Liv Finn at the Washington Policy Center, the numbers show that over 110,000 parents in Washington state have declined, decided that enrolling in controversial public schools is not the best option for their children. No shit. When you start going after the kids like they did, when you start trying to sexualize your classrooms, you know what? Parents learned a lot during the COVID lockdowns. When they started seeing their kids doing online school and then you saw school districts and classrooms and teachers saying, all right, make sure your parents are out of the room or we don't want your parents in here seeing what's going on. Are you kidding me? We pay your salary. My money for my property taxes pay your salary. You're a public employee. Meaning, you're my employee. You work for me. Okay? You don't work for the state. You don't work for the Democrat Party. You don't work for the woke mob. You work for me. And the fact that you sit there and you try to not allow parents to see what's going on in your classroom, oh, what a eye-opener COVID was. And then you start having all these, allowing all your teachers to come out and push their, I mean, what is it with teachers needing to, to, to uh, verify their, their sexuality through their students? It's sick. The, 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 the sex life of the, uh, or, or sexuality or identity, sexual identity of the, of the teacher has absolutely nothing to do with the classroom curricula or it should not be a present in the classroom at all. It's got no place there. You know, you have problems. If you need to recruit your students and change the, the ideology or the culture of your classroom, 
to support your belief system and, and support your mental illness. I'm sorry. That crosses a line. And parents are fed up. Parents are absolutely fed up. And the state is losing massive federal dollars because those are based off of the number of enrollments, enrollees that you have in your public school system. So good, good. That's another win. Just like Bud Light is a win. Just like Dolan Mulvaney getting, getting the boot is a win. Just like don't try that in a small town with Jason Aldean. Look, we have a strong, powerful voice as conservatives, as common sense folks, as Brandy Cruz would say. We have a voice, and it's a strong one, and people are starting to hear it. Corporations are hearing it. School districts are hearing it. Politicians are hearing it. Don't stop. Now is not the time to let up. What I did this weekend was I went out to a local event and supported it. I wasn't part of the event. I wasn't in the band. I wasn't a speaker. I wasn't an MC. I wasn't even reporting, but I went there anyway to support local politics, to sign the initiatives, to support the candidates, and support the America First movement. You need to do the same in your neighborhood. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, I tell you what, the more I hear this guy, uh, the more I like him. I'm going to play a clip here. It's rather long, but I'm going to run it through. I think it's cool. He actually, he absolutely demolishes, demolishes the CNN reporter. She's like trying to be all, uh, just just watch. She, she He totally destroys her. Check it out. It, this is this is glorious. Uh, federal prosecutors added new obstruction of justice charges against uh, former President Donald Trump on Thursday. The indictment, the superseding indictment, says that after Trump learned that the Justice Department wanted to subpoena security footage from Mar-a-Lago, Trump talked with an aide who later told the IT director at Mar-a-Lago that quote, the boss, end quote, wanted the footage deleted. Now, I know you've said repeatedly that you would pardon Trump in this document's case, but this is significant new information. So given this new information, do you still, would you still pardon him if you were president? The standard I use as our next president is what moves our country forward. What is the right thing for the United States of America? Right, and would and having a president the like right this move it forward? The right answer is to move on, and I would pardon him. <laughs> I would I'm, She's I'm, so pissed. I intend to be our next president, and yes, I do believe I will move us forward. And yes, I think one of the right ways to do that is to pardon the former president of the United States from what is clearly a politicized prosecution. And I'll share a view with you, Casey. This is not specific to Trump. This is part of my broader view on the justice system in our country. I think that our general norm in our Justice Department is you should not convict somebody of a process crime when there was no actual underlying crime. I think that's a major problem. So you problem. think destroying evidence is a process the, crime? <laughs> I mean, it is, by definition, a process crime. No, nobody left, right, any legal scholar will agree with me on that statement. That is, by definition, a process crime. A crime that would not have existed but for the existence of an investigation. And if we look ourselves okay. in the mirror over the last several years, even look at the acquittals in the Gretchen Whitmer case, the fact that two people were acquitted of entrapment, I think it is a bad habit that our FBI and DOJ have gotten into intervening and creating crimes that would not have existed but for their action. And I think as it relates to moving forward as a country, I absolutely think the right answer for the country is to put the grievances of the past behind us, to pardon President Trump so that we can move forward as one nation rather than marching to a national divorce. You could just see her seething, man. Steam is about to come out of her ears. But she doesn't even know. These people are so stupid. that She doesn't even know the definition of a process crime. A crime that is discovered during the process of an investigation for which there was no crime. Investigating the person to find a crime versus investigating a crime to find the, per the person. And... and Vivek just totally annihilates her. She's like, but 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 don't you think that you know destroying evidence is a crime? You you that's is it a process crime? Yes, it is. By definition, it's a process crime. They never would have come. First of all, he didn't destroy any evidence. Secondly, they never would have even come up to that had there not been an investigation. The definition, the very definition, as Vivek said, of a process crime are things that are found in the course of an investigation when there was no crime to begin with. Remember, there was no crime here. They investigated the man to find a crime. Those are process crimes. I love where he's coming from. I love what he says. 
Check this one out. We've unveiled this plan to shut down the quote-unquote deep state, as it's called, which includes shuttering the FBI, the NRC, Nuclear Regulatory Commission, also the Department of Education. That would result in potentially tens of thousands of people being out of work and their families being impacted by that. How would you help those people uh, who are mostly, by and large, probably hard workers and don't necessarily represent the deep state? I'd say a couple things about that. One is the job of the U.S. federal government is not to provide employment opportunity. Yes. The job of the private sector, that's what they do. So there are more jobs than there are people in the United States of America today. I think it'll be good for those bureaucrats and good for our economy to send them actually to find honest work in the private sector. I've also been very specific about my plans, John, to be really specific about this. I said I would shut down the FBI, yes. 20,000 people in back office functions that are the source of politicization. So check that out. <laughs> now he's going to redistribute, he's going to get rid of the FBI bureaucracy, redistribute the, the agents to other agencies. That's his plan. He has it. Check it out his website. He's got a good plan, but I, I love it. Get a real job. The government's job is not to create jobs. That's not their purpose. The government's purpose is not to create jobs. These massive bureaucracies that we've created and that we continue to create needs to stop. It's not, it can't keep going in perpetuity. Are we going to have the entire population of the United States employed by the federal government? That's what they would like because then they can to totally control you, right? I love it. They need to be out in the private sector. He, he, hold, he pulls no punches. Well, isn't if you close the Department of Education, isn't that going to put a lot of people out of work? Yeah. They're going to have to actually go find a real job. And he, he used those words, go find a real job. Because what they're doing right now is not a real job. It's part of the bureaucracy. It's part of the part of the the deep state, actually. You know, it's just the 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 propagandizing of our children, the the molding of our future generations based in what they decide is best. They push paper. They suck a ton of money out of it. And he also believes he's a huge proponent of charter schools, of private schools. And you know what? The higher, the more money that's spent, well, in fact, let's go back to that. Even I got something to, to shut down the quote-unquote deep state as it's called, which includes shuttering the FBI, the NRC, nuclear regulation. I think it'll be good to find honest work in the private sector. I've also been very specific about my plans, John. Check this out. Really specific about this. I said I would shut down the FBI, yes. 20,000 people in back office functions that are the source of politicization, they're going to have to go back into the private sector. But the 15,000 agents who are doing good work on the front lines, just executing their commands, their duties, they would move to the U.S. Marshals or to the DEA or to the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network at the U.S. Treasury. That's one of the reasons I think we're doing so well in the recent national polling is that I'm leading the way in offering unprecedented detail on exactly how we would shut down that administrative state, how we will shut down the deep state. Not just talking about it, but laying out exactly how we will get that done. Yeah, and he's the only candidate to do it. And by the way, uh, notice he's the only Republican candidate who has come flat out and said that if I am elected president, if Donald Trump is, is convicted of any crime, he will, I will pardon him. None of the other Republicans are saying that. None of them. In fact, most of them are bashing Trump. Vivek, I tell you what, I don't agree with him being vice president. Some have called for him to be that, but I think he could get much more done as a high-level cabinet member, and I hope that he, uh, I think that's what he's bucking for. I'd like to see Trump get into office, see Vivek into a high-level cabinet position where he could exert a lot of policy and influence, and, uh, and then maybe in 2028, maybe he's the guy. But uh, I like this guy way better than DeSantis, way better. He's my second choice after Trump right now. Christians, Jews, Hindus, you know, think about people of every religious stripe and flavor across the country who believe in, have a common belief in a higher power and a God. I think it's something that's missing in the next generation of Americans. And I think that the revival of faith as a shared value in American life is going to be good for unifying the country, actually. Yeah, imagine that faith being good at unifying the country. Darn right it would be. 
Darn right it would be. And then there's this. This one I love. Now, um, this is where he talks about education specifically and the performance and what he would do to make it better and his ideas on public education and private and charter and homeschool and all of that wrapped into one. Check it out. This is this is good stuff, man. I'm sorry for putting so much on Vivek, but I feel like he doesn't get enough attention. I feel like he doesn't get enough out there. I feel like he doesn't get enough uh exposure on his very sound ideas, which he actually has a plan to execute. He's not just winging it. He's not just making pledges. There is a plan behind what he's saying. Go to his website, go to his Twitter page, check it out. Listen to this. Now, I know that you've said that you would want to get rid of the Department of Education, but as president, would you have any role here in trying to figure out what to do with the horrible situation of K through 12 education? A big part of the problem, Dana, and the dirty little secret is that our public schools are failing despite spending more money than charter schools and their private school counterparts. In fact, the schools that spend the most per student have, from Baltimore to Chicago to New York, worse academic results than charter schools or others that are spending less on a per student basis. So I advocate moving to school choice 2.0, school choice on steroids. Check this out. Not only should we use the money from the Department of Education, which I will abolish, to go back to the hands of parents to power school choice, I think we should go one step further where the parents who take their kids out of those public schools spending $40,000 per student in a place like New York and move to a school that might spend only $20,000 I think they should be able to take half the difference with them, that $10,000. Invest that accordingly. That kid will grow up and graduate from high school with a quarter million dollar graduation gift. It's not even close what is a better use of money, putting that in the kid's hands or start or actually feeding the beast of the federal bureaucracy. Yes. 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 Somebody's out there saying it that's running for national office. Shut it down. Stop feeding the bureaucracy. Stop feeding the beast. Let parents decide what's best for their kids. And, oh, by the way, bam, you know what? Here's here's the extra money because you decided to have a different option of education. That's going to motivate people to do that. Again, it's in a trust. It's not the parents don't get to keep it. There's detail on the plan. But, yeah, school choice on steroids. Damn right, man. Could you imagine... If you were, you could, you had the choice to move your child into a charter school or a a private school or even homeschool, and then whatever the cost per student was in that school district or that state, half of that you got to take with you to offset the difference, and it was invested throughout that child's educational years. Like he said, quarter million dollars. Graduation gift. I bet a lot of businesses would get started up. I bet you'd have a lot less student loans happening. I bet the government would be not in people's lives as much as they are right now. What do you think? Let me know. This guy has some great, bold ideas. Not new ideas. But he's out there speaking them. All right, we're going to move on to a little, little bit of weirdness here. Elon Musk, man, this guy. So he changed Twitter from, from well, Twitter, <laughs> and it's now X. There's no more bird. You're still, they're still called tweets, so we'll see, we'll see what that becomes. This is atop their headquarters in San Francisco. He had this put up um, kind of on the slide. He didn't get a permit. San Francisco is pretty upset. You know, great. Apparently, they're going to go after him because, number one, you have to have a permit to put something on top of a structure. You have to have a permit that fits the local architecture of the area. And somebody came up with a great idea. Well, if he needs to have something that fits the local architecture of an area, then why don't we just put this up? Elon makes a giant X out of used heroin needles to make sure the city of San Francisco doesn't remove it. I hope they do go after him. Are you kidding me? They're going after Elon Musk for putting a sign on top of the building that he owns because he didn't get a permit. But they have open drug dens in the streets. Crime is rampant. People are just 
stealing stuff from stores at will. And they're going to go after Elon Musk for the X. Look, on top of that, really, it needs to go through their approval process. They say, you know, to make sure it needs to be engineered and structured. And all that. This guy sends people into space. He sends ships into space. He's the richest man. Do you not think that maybe this sign? <laughs> They're questioning the guy, the engineering of the sign. Oh, you need a permit. You know, we need to go through our permitting process and our, our city engineers to make sure that it's sound and structurally okay to be on top of. Please, please. Every single one of you guys would, should be, if you, you, you wouldn't even qualify to work in one of Elon Musk's businesses. He designs and engineers automobiles. He designs and engineers rockets that go into space. <laughs> He's going to put people on Mars. <laughs> he needs a permit to engineer his sign. And that's what they're worried about down in San Francisco. But, you know, you got to love a guy who has a sense of humor. And, and when you look at the billionaires, you know, Bezos or or Zuckerberg or Whoever, you don't see a sense of humor too often. I, I love following Elon because the guy the guy's mind is a little bit outside of the of the the rut that everybody is in. He has he has his own ideas. He's I'm sure he's on the spectrum in several different ways. And he's funny. He's very witty. He's very good at Twitter. He's quick to do stuff and he's not afraid to do stuff and he puts stuff out there, such as this. Now you gotta love the richest man in the world who actually has a sense of humor. He says, I love Canada. This was his tweet with a picture of him. Of course, you can see the picture and what he's done with how he's holding his jacket. But that is funny. What a goofball. Are you, I mean, the richest man in the world, there he is. <laughs> Cracks me up, man. I'm sorry if you don't approve. If you don't, I'm, I, you just don't have a sense of humor. That's That's the only thing that I can... That's the only conclusion that I can draw from that. Grandpa Joe is finally admitting that he is a grandpa. And this is something that's been long coming. In fact, it's four years in the making. It took him that long to decide that he would acknowledge Hunter Biden's love child. Well, I don't know if you can call a crack-induced sexual encounter love, but it did create a child. So at any rate, <laughs> he's got this child. She's beautiful, great little girl. I am, uh, <sighs> I think that it would have been, she would have been better off. Just, just support her financially in the background, but please don't acknowledge her. Please don't make her part of your, of your insidious, disgusting family officially. That's, that's not going to be good for the child. I wish that, um, I don't know. I mean, people say, oh, finally he acknowledges the grandchild. Yes, okay. I hope to God he doesn't suck him into the suck her into the Biden uh, regime or, or make her take showers with him or rub his hairy legs because or sniff her. I mean, that would be disgusting, right? But that's what he does to every child he gets around. And um, at any rate, he's finally acknowledged his, is, uh, he has seven grandchildren now, and and but he didn't he didn't always feel that way. And I'm gonna just run through a few clips here real quick to recap the history of Biden and his feelings towards his uh, now newly discovered four years later granddaughter. So let's start out with this clip right here. This is, he just demolishes CNN, man. Their reporters are horrible. They just get, they get destroyed and demolished by anybody that has more than two brain cells because they've only got one. Check this out. But Scott Jennings, the president has made being a family man yeah. a central part of his political identity. Uh, it's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. <laughs> the, the ignoring his own daughter for four years and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog, I mean the dog and not for his seventh grandchild. Okay, look, okay. We, can also have Marie, some, we can also have we, sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Listen Let's to this woman. This conversation right. I, 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 listen, I, I totally agree. And you know where I'm from? A lot of families deal with addiction. And you know who ends up picking up the pieces? 
the grandparents. And in this case, the grandparents would not acknowledge this little girl. It is offensive. But the bottom line is... But they have now. The poll... But they have oh, now. what a hero. The polling must have been yeah, brutal. Just the polling sure must have been brutal. No one ever questioned. But they have now. Good Lord. You know what? I think that was the same woman that Vivek destroyed. They need, that, she needs to... In fact, I'm sure it is. She needs to be off the air. I don't know who she is because I'm, I'm not that into CNN, I suppose, as a... Uh, political <laughs> opiner because I'm not an analyst. I just give my opinion on stuff. Um, I suppose I should probably should know who she is. She seems like she's a main person on CNN, but she is, she is horrible. And she gets, to, she gets owned by pretty much anybody who comes on there. Again, like I said, that has more than two brain cells because she only has one at, at any rate. And it's not because she's a woman. That'd be sexist. It's because she's dumb. What did Joe have to say about this? But it's a look. I, I just this think current being there is is important and it makes such a difference. I think knowing that someone's going to be there for you, mm -hmm. just to listen, just to just to hold you. Mm -hmm. So where were you for four years, Joe? Were you there to listen? Were you there to hold? Your grandchild. Were you there, Joe? He also said that he contacts his grandchildren every day. He calls them every day. But how did he used to feel about it? Well, Peter Ducey asked him. I'm wondering if you have a comment on this report and court filing out of Arkansas that your son Hunter just made you a grandfather again. No, that's a private matter. I have no comment. But only you would ask that. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you, guys. This is all the time we have. What an arrogant prick that guy is. You're a good man. Yeah, classy. Classy. That He was insulting him. He didn't actually mean that. He was trying to be patronizing toward, toward Ducey. And it came off as exactly that. That's what he's done his whole career. And the legacy media just gives him a pass the whole time. I don't get it. I don't get it, but um, somehow old Sleepy Joe is, has just bumbled his way all the way to the presidency of the United States. But that's how he felt four years ago when he, he didn't uh, acknowledge that he had a grandchild. That's family business. All right, moving on to Devin Archer. I'm going to kick it off with this little thing, and then we'll, we'll comment a little bit. It was... Uh, nobody expected... Before we get going here, nobody expected anything new to come out of this. I think I, I didn't. And what we what we finding though is that more things are getting confirmed. You know, collaborated. You have you have more people that are all saying the same thing. The Biden family is a crime family. The Biden family is corrupt. The Biden family has taken tens of millions of dollars from overseas companies, and foreign nations to line their own pockets. And the only thing that they sold was the brand. That's one thing that came out. They sold the brand. You know, they sold the Biden name as a brand. Well, you're not Nike, okay? You're the president of the United States now. See, I, he, he thought this was his retirement plan. He didn't know he was going to be able to run for president. When he could, when Hillary was chosen in 2016 to be the heir apparent and it wasn't Joe and he was dealing with, with other issues, family issues, and the age that he was, nobody anticipated him running in 2020. That was, that was the furthest thing from his mind or anybody else's. And so he entered into this, this, this crime syndicate with his son Hunter to make all this money Started when he was vice president because he knew he wasn't going to be running in 2016. And it continued until they're like, oh, actually, I think we can make you president in 2020. Would you, would you mind being our puppet? And he said, well, sure, of course, yeah, I'd love to do that. And of course, Joel was right there prodding him along all the way. Slave driver, mental abuser, elder abuser, that Joe Biden is. Anyway, okay, let's kick it off with this segment here.
This now, Jillian, this is intriguing to our viewers at home. Archer tells the House investigators that Hunter Biden put then-VP Biden on a speakerphone more than 20 times to sell, quote, the brand, in parentheses, in business conversations. And Chad goes on to say that Archer testified that there was a value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board, uh, was the brand. Burisma is the energy company out of Ukraine. Uh, the argument was that then-Vice President Joe Biden brought the most value to the brand. There's that phrase yet again. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand. Wow. In December of 2015, the owner of Burisma, a gentleman, the CEO who ran the company, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to get help from uh, Washington, D.C. regarding the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. To tie this all together now, this energy company, Jillian, wanted to do business in America. There was even a suggestion through this story that they wanted to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. But they could only do it if they got away from the investigation that was pending back in Ukraine. And this is the theory that Republicans have now is that they had to draw Hunter Biden into it. They had to bring then Vice President Joe Biden into it to help get the prosecutor taken out of his job. That would clear the runway, so to speak, in order for Burisma to have greater success in the business community, not just in Ukraine, but specifically here in the United States. Yeah, it was it was influence peddling, plain and simple. And in fact, they, there was also in the testimony that Burisma, had it not been for Hunter getting on the board and bringing the brand, the brand to it, they would have gone bankrupt. The Biden family brand saved Burisma from going out of business. Now, now <laughs> Democrats are trying to spin it. Oh, the brand doesn't mean the Biden name. The brand means. Washington, D.C. in general. So Washington, D.C. in general supports Burisma? I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. Nobody's buying it, but they're going to pitch it no matter what. What else can they do? They can't roll over and say, ah, yeah, you're right. You caught us. Mm, we're done. Yay, you win. <laughs> of course, they're not going to do that. And, and you know, that's not how the game works. But right now, they are ducking and covering and strategizing and figuring out how they're going to spin this and this is how one person decided never to talk to any of hunter body business associates clearly he talked whether about the weather or whatever but he said specifically that he's never talked to them doesn't this contradict them? i don't know what his comment is and if we're gonna well i don't i don't think that's what he said he never said that he has never spoken to anyone. Yes, he did. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, <laughs> is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father <laughs> should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with. The son is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. Was this like a party trick that Hunter Biden used to impress the people he was with? So in another part of that exchange, he said, look, all he did was discuss the weather. You know, like he said, he just talked about the weather. That's all he did, he, you know. And, and Jack Posobiec, man, he's so quick-witted. I love this guy. He said, uh, he tweeted, who among us hasn't called their parents on speakerphone to discuss the weather in the middle of meeting with their foreign handlers? <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Joe Biden just went out to dinner with his son and his business partners, or he just got in on a phone call with his son and his business partners on speakerphone just to discuss, you know, just the weather. We're not, we're not talking business at all. But you see, some of these calls have recordings. And they're being tied together right now. The recordings, the testimony, Hunter Biden's laptop, and they're putting the timelines together. They're putting the money transfers together, the bank transfers, which are there. All right? And the house of cards is falling. The question is, how long are the Democrats going to hold on to it before they let it all go? Remember when 
it was absolutely the end of the world when Don Jr. took one 20-minute meeting with a Russian lawyer. Joe Biden attended a dinner with a Russian oligarch and widow of the former Moscow mayor the very same year. She wired $3.5 million into his son's investment firm. Weird. Weird. All this money coming into a, a family and a company that has that offers no services, they offer no products. So what exactly are they being paid for? Hmm? Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking. I feel like I use some of these clips over and over. Well, that's because they keep telling the same lie over and over. So I have to keep throwing the clips out that destroy their lies over and over. This is, this is insane. What's going on here. Um, I hope that you recognize it. The smoking gun reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessman. Check this out. With my son or my brother or anyone else, anything having to do with their businesses, period. I did anything. Wrong. Or anyone else. And uh, I didn't realize he was on the board till after was after he'd been on the board. And at the same time, he has come forward and said it was a mistake on his part to be on the board. I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found. This is his son that he's so close to that he loves so much that he says is the smartest man he's ever known. It's time for this family to go down. I love, uh, and here's another reason. I don't love this. Biden is a boon to Mexican cartels. This popped across my feet. I was like, wow. And that doesn't surprise me. Statistically, Statistics vary, but nobody disputes that the vast movement of clandestine migrants urged by candidate Biden to surge to the U.S. Remember, he told them to surge to the border, that he would take care of them before he was elected. And so, of course, that's what they did. Trump had shut it down. And then Biden said, come on, people, let's go. Come and surge to the border. I'm going to take care of you. Anyway, to the U.S. southern borders, it producing billions in new criminal cartel profits. Even President Biden's Department of Homeland Security estimates that human blood money paid to get across the U.S. southern border has grown from about $500 million in 2018 to an incredible $13 billion in 2022. In four years, it's gone from $500 million to not $5 billion, not $10 billion, 13 billion. That's just the money that the cartels extort from people to get them safely across the border. It's called human trafficking people. And a large portion of that has been exposed and sound of freedom. A large portion of that are children being sent to the United States. They're being sex trafficked. They're being sold into sexual servitude to perverts. And Biden is directly responsible. I'm, he's not even complicit. He is directly, he is directly, individual, personally, absolutely responsible for what's going on in our southern border, the massive amount of illegal immigration, the people sleeping on the sidewalks in New York, the people sleeping on the sidewalks in Chicago, the massive amounts of fentanyl that's coming into this country. And sadly, the human trafficking industry, which Biden and the Mexican president are in cahoots together on to allow cartels to bring humans, many of them children, into this country as slaves, as servants, sexual or otherwise. It's disgusting. It's pathetic. You know, forget about Archer. Forget about the Hunter Biden laptop. Forget about all that. This is the most heinous thing that this president has done is allowing this to occur at our southern border. This is the most, this is the biggest threat to America, the most heinous thing, the most disgusting thing. 
of all the horrible things that the Biden crime family has done and President Biden personally has done and is responsible for, this one is number one. And it's not even close. Think about this. The U.S. national debt, which has grown $1.3 trillion in the past eight weeks since the debt ceiling was suspended. The debt's now $32.7 trillion, by the way. By the time Biden's out of office, I mean, by, by 2025, actually the year he's out of office, is projected to be $35 trillion. Not sustainable. I'm going to close out with, uh, as we finish up today here, I have a few more things, but I think I'm just going to put them on the shelf. Uh, this guy, and um, he's a character over there on the other side of the pond. So this store over there is a, is a they don't allow cash. They're a cashless store. They do not allow, it has to be an electronic payment. You know, so debit card, credit card, whatever. He takes him to task. I love this. I want to see more of this. If there is ever a store around here that is cashless, I will definitely follow this guy's example. Check it out. Tracked and apt to buy anything. I'm going to buy some strawberries and I'm offering exactly the right amount of money here on the help desk. So you people take that money, £1.90, and I will take my strawberries they're trying to tell him he can't take it. I paid by legal tender. I paid by legal tender in this dystopian place. Okay. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because you should be able to, you should be able to spend your yeah, eye, come on. You should be able to spend yeah. wherever you want. This is an absolute joke. You want one, mate? Thank you. <laughs> that people is giving the proverbial bird to the state. <laughs> On that, here's your none better take of the day, man. All right, Vivek Ramaswamy, I got to tell you, man, the more I hear of this guy, the more I see this guy, the more I read his policies, the more I like him, the more I'm inclined to, uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm Trump, I'm Trump 100%, okay? But Vivek is absolutely my number two guy. If, if I had a second choice, and I do, it is him. Forget all the other candidates, that, that this guy is not polling higher, is only a matter of campaign and name recognition because because DeSantis was the chosen one. But, but, but Vivek Ramaswamy, man, whether it's from healthcare or education or crime, he is spot on. He's got plans. He has, he's not actually giving pledges. He actually already has plans in place as a primary candidate. He's already developed plans on exactly how he would do this. Go to his website, check it out. Get involved in local politics, please. Go to your school board meetings. Go to, look, I went to, I know it's uncomfortable for some of you. I know, man, it's a Saturday afternoon. I've got, I've got stuff to do around the house. I have things to do. I, I really, you know, that's just a, that's just an excuse for not getting, another excuse for not getting involved. Get involved. If there's an event in your area, like there was in mine this weekend, even though I wasn't part of it or working it, I went anyway to support it to get out there and to listen to candidates. More importantly, to meet and network with other patriots, other conservatives, and understand that there are a ton of us out there. So please, please get involved locally. Please go to your school board meetings. Please go to your local events as they come up. They're going to start coming up more and more and more. You're going to see them on your socials all the time. If there's one near you, go ahead and go to it. Most of them are free. Go listen to what the candidates have to say. Look at the initiatives that are out there. Go ahead and sign them if you believe in them. But the most important thing is don't be on the sidelines this election cycle. 
do not be on the sidelines this election cycle. I had to repeat it twice to really pound it in that you've got to be out there, okay? The Biden brand is the crime brand. Selling the Biden family name around the country for tens of millions of dollars, going back to when Joe Biden was vice president, is a crime, okay? It's certainly a crime of, of, of humanity, if not an actual legal crime. See, presidents are supposed to be held to higher standards. That's what we were told for four years while Trump was president, right? But you have Biden, who said he had nothing to do with Hunter's business dealings, knew nothing about him, never talked to him about him, never talked to anybody, all of a sudden has been implicated in being involved in dozens of phone calls and personal visits with not only Hunter Biden, but Hunter Biden's business partners. They're selling a brand because they have no services. They have no products. They have all these shell companies that they launder their money through. They provide absolutely zero in the form of services. So what are they selling? What are people giving them millions of dollars for? What is it? Well, obviously, it's for influence to President Biden. And I think he put himself in this position because he thought his career was over. He was This was his retirement plan. He was banking on making all these millions of dollars and sailing into the sunset because Hillary was the chosen one in 2016. And then, bam, what do you know? Uh, hey, Joe. Hey, we need you out of the bullpen. Let's go. I think we can put you in office in 2020. You can be our man. And the puppet dutifully nodded and went ahead and became president with Jill pushing him the entire way because she wanted to be the president of the or the wife of the president of the United States instead of the wife of the vice president of the United States. She's she's a bad, bad person. Horrible person, in fact. But um anyway, I think that uh that about covers it. I'm glad you listened to me this Monday. If you're still here, man, please give a punch on the rumble on the little thumb, the like down there on the bottom left hand of, underneath the screen there, underneath the video. And follow me. Give me a follow on rumble.com slash the nun report. I'd appreciate it. I'm on all the socials at the nun report except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. And Twitter because I couldn't get the. So on Twitter, I'm at nun report. Actually, I couldn't get the because they, they nuked that account. But at any rate, whatever. <laughs> I feel... That's a badge of honor right now. Or just go to my website, thedunreport.com. You can link in everything. Uh, one stop, one shop. Easy peasy. Anyway, as always, thanks again for watching. And until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. <laughs>